Hey, it's Rhonda Brunson with the Picking Strawberries podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening, for being a part of this community that's searching for the beauty in every single day. My guest today, Jenny Pinkerton, is a nutrition coach, CrossFit coach, all-around health and wellness guru, and she takes a gentle, holistic approach to healing your relationship with food. I am sitting up. I am taking notes. This is absolutely a part of my personal journey. I think it's a part of a lot of people's journey is that food can be hard. Food can come with extra stuff and you have to eat to live so you can't get away from this hard. You actually have to work through it, face it head on and truly step into healing that relationship. I love this conversation today. Let's just dive in and welcome Jenny Pinkerton. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm absolutely thrilled that you're here. If you're looking for a community who's searching for the beauty in every day, having authentic conversations about how we can give back and make this a better place, I encourage you to subscribe to Picking Strawberries. Join me and my guests as we're talking about real things, real life, and how we can take the positive and make us better and all the people around us shine brighter. Jenny Pinkerton, nutrition coach, CrossFit coach, all-round health and wellness guru. Thank you for being on the Picking Strawberries podcast today. I have a feeling this conversation, I'm going to feel very convicted, very informed, and just, I don't know, I think this conversation is for me. I think I will personally take a lot from it, and I hope other people resonate with it as well. So let's just jump right into your background. Health and nutrition are a huge part of your life. How does that play out for you in the daily? And when did this first become your passion? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm super honored to be here. Really excited. I've been anticipating our talk. So it's really my honor to be able to just share with you. I would say, how did health and nutrition kind of become a big passion for me? And I've thought about the beginnings of this. And it actually started when I was not even a CrossFit coach. I had a real distinct feeling when I was an adolescent of not being enough, of kind of lacking. I think that's a pretty common thing that most of us can relate to. And I just carry that into my adulthood. And and I think when I began to walk around not feeling enough, I also began to feel very unwilling to share of myself and kind of protective and and guarded. And I was starting CrossFit. I was just a member in class. I remember enjoying the workouts. I remember thinking someday I wanted to learn how to climb a rope because that seemed like the end all of end all movements to me. That's the goal. That's the goal. Climb a rope. At the same time that I was beginning this CrossFit taking classes, I also had this beautiful, beautiful mentor in my life who was helping me just kind of raise my children and be a wife and all the things. And and she was an integral part of who I am today. And so fast forward to, I did learn how to climb a rope. 
You did? Okay. Yes. That's impressive. (laughs) I remember in class, and I don't know, I hope people can relate to this. In class, I would have a girl who I would describe was kind of my nemesis. Like she didn't know it, but she was somebody I always secretly kind of wanted to beat. Right. And so I had learned how to climb a rope and it was before class even started. And she pulled me aside and she said, hey, could you teach me how to climb a rope like you know how to? And my first thought was absolutely not, because then you will beat me. Then I, I won't I won't be better than you. I want to be enough. So I am not going to share any part of myself with you. That was my very quick internal dialogue. And right behind that dialogue was my mentor, Anne, telling me she would always say, there is enough Jenny for Jenny. And I was like, what the? You know, at the time when she would tell me that, I'd be like, what the heck? That sounds a little goofy. Uh, And she would always say, there's enough Jenny for Jenny. And it was at that moment, it was very, I'll never forget the moment I was standing there. I heard her say, there's enough Jenny for Jenny. And I thought I could actually give myself away and still be enough and still be okay. Yeah. I feel like I want to steal this and use this when I talk to teens and, you know, talk to survivors. I feel like that is gold right there. It is gold. I can't claim it. It's Anne. She has passed away, but I have to give her the credit. Wow. Right. I got to learn that firsthand. And so I did teach the girl to, to climb the rope. We do our class. It's the end of class. I honestly forgot that I taught her how to climb. I'm kind of packing my stuff ready to leave. And she's like, hey, come here, come here. Will you watch me? So I was like, oh, yeah, I totally forgot. I even taught you the skill that I was trying to hide and hoard. And she climbed the rope. And there was a moment, again, I remember looking up at her at at the top of the rope and I was down on the ground. It wasn't that tall, but I thought, I can do this. I can coach someone. I Uh... I can give myself and still be myself. And from that, I began to want to teach people CrossFit and to become a CrossFit coach. That was such a beautiful journey. And what I learned from coaching CrossFit was that I very much got to be a part of people's lives, but only for a really short time. It was for one hour at a time. And I was honored and I felt privileged to be a part of their lives, but I wanted more. I wanted to be able to help people more. I wanted to learn more about them and and help them achieve their goals more. And so I was also at the time kind of learning about my own nutrition, kind of on a journey that we can talk about later. But I, I, I thought, wow, if I could continue to help people on a deeper level, not just that one hour a day, it kind of motivated me to then become a nutrition coach and really get to learn people about their lives and how to help them achieve their goals not just with nutrition, but just life in general, because it's all so connected. What a beautiful beginning and taking kind of a hard part of you and then turning that into purpose. I love, I just love the timeline of that and how that works through in you. Beautiful, really beautiful. So I've, you know, I've seen on your social media and I've, you know, I've heard you say your body always tells the truth. What does that mean for you? And as you're coaching your clients, your body always tells the truth. That's an incredible statement. And I actually 
first learned that statement, um, I was going through my divorce and I chose a counselor. I knew I needed some outside help. And I think at one of my very first sessions with her, she told me, she's like, you know, Jenny, your body always tells the truth. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Help me feel better. Right. <laughs> I, I didn't right. really understand what she was saying. And throughout our sessions together, she would begin to point out, like she said, do you know that your toes move up and down when you get really upset? And I said, no. She said they do. And she said, do you know, actually, you have a twitch in your right eye when you're angry? And I was like, no. And she what she taught me was that my body is always telling the truth. And it brought me to this beautiful place of of coming to where I could trust myself, that I could lean into what my body was telling me, that I didn't have to think that my body was against me or that it was going to somehow trick me, or that I had to have this deep, tight hold on it, that I could kind of open up my grip and let my body speak and really listen. And I tell that to all of my clients, and I hope they realize that we have this beautiful creation of who we are that speaks to us daily if, if we listen. Are there strategies? of learning how to listen? I mean, are there activities that you would have a client do? I mean, are there secrets to this of paying attention? Well, I think number one is just awareness. You know, asking for a friend, of course. Asking yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Awareness is, is well, right now, just like one of the first things I tell my clients is anytime you start to pay attention to your body and to any, like what you're eating, good things happen. So. Because we already know that our body is going to tell us the truth, that that to me would be like step number one. It's just that awareness and then, and then that acceptance. And moving into a place of action is I still, like before we got on this call, I just sat quietly and kind of ground myself, so to speak. So I sat, I feel my feet on the floor. I feel the chair supporting my body. I listen to what's around me take some deep breaths. That's that's kind of a meditative form of, of your body's is going to tell you the truth. But here's something I do. I just did it today. Um, and I tell my encourage my clients about nutrition. I was like, hey, before you walk in the store and you're going to shop, you know, I think we kind of have a mental list or maybe even a physical list of groceries. But I also encourage my clients to take a couple of deep breaths in the car and then walk into the store and say, what looks good? You know, like, okay, be, that's paying attention. I, yes, I very much believe yeah. our body is craving what we need. Here's an example like, sometimes I really, really um, am attracted to mushrooms. Like, those look so good. I'm going to saute those with some leeks and some fun things. And then sometimes I'm like, ugh, no way. And I am just aware mushrooms are higher in vitamin D, if I'm not mistaken. And so I know, man, I must probably need that. Or there's sometimes, I do eat meat. Sometimes red meat seems very appealing. Sometimes it does not at all. And I really try to honor and listen to those little light up, like that looks really good. Or I don't think I want that this week. It's just listening internally to what we're craving. It's kind of a simple way too. 
Another way I think our body talks to us in food is like, let me, let's say you have that sweet craving. Like, I really want that bowl yeah, of ice I'm like, cream. Well, what if I went and I want cookies every single time? <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Right? Right? <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So what I try to teach my clients too is to have a built-in pause before it may be a food that is not as healthy as, as it could be. Uh, by the way, I never refer to uh, meals as cheat meals or try not to refer, refer to yeah. food as bad because food isn't moral and it's it's not inherently good or bad. It's just maybe a healthier choice versus an unhealthier choice. So if there's a time when you maybe are really craving something that's not as healthy as it could be, I never want any of my clients to not have that food, but I would ask for maybe like a built-in pause. Like hit the pause button, even if you set a timer on your phone, like five minutes, you know, take a walk, answer that email, take some deep breaths. If you still feel like you really want that food, then then have it, enjoy it. But listening to our body too is also, I think, giving ourselves space between the craving or the desire and the actual action. Yeah. And again, if, if you if you still want that, more more unhealthy food, enjoy it. You know, know that you are taking care of yourself by listening to your body too, as far as what do you want? So food is so much more than food for a lot of us, right? It can carry a lot of baggage and a lot of emotional charge with it, or we use it as coping in unhealthy ways. How would you help someone even begin healing their relationship for food because for me, you know, when you have a food, say addiction or an eating disorder, you have to eat. It's not like, say, a drug addiction where it's like, okay, avoid the drug. You know, it's not a choice. Just take it off the table. But you can't do that with food. So you're, you're healing, right, while you're still using your drug of choice. I mean, right. it, that's keeping your so body confusing alive. to me. Yeah, yeah. Like, how would you help a client first steps? Number one I was thinking of is is that I really try to teach my clients is to be in the present moment. And a real easy way I teach that lesson is to stay where your hands are. Now, that may seem like it doesn't relate to food at all. But if I stay where my hands are, I'm in the present moment. And really, to me, what what happens when we decide that we want to take care of ourselves and maybe change a disordered eating pattern or eat healthier is we really need to get present and get into the present moment. There are so many times I think most of us live our lives in the past. You should have, you could have, why didn't you? Or the future, I hope this does happen or it doesn't. And we forget all about the present moment. And when we are actually having to eat, to support ourselves, we're in that present moment. And so staying where your hands are is one of my first tools I give my clients as far as as far as being present. And, and I like stay where your hands are because your hands are always with you. They're never far. Sometimes my yeah. mind is racing so much that I, I will actually verbally say where I'm at. Like Jenny, you are standing at the sink washing dishes. And it just brings myself back to the present moment. So not only am I trying to think where I'm at, but I'm actually verbally hearing myself say where I'm at. So that would be tool number one for kind of helping to heal that relationship with food is just trying to stay present and, and stay where you're at. Another thing that I always like to teach my clients is that we have two different nervous systems in our bodies. 
And maybe some people have heard of this. Um, there's the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. The sympathetic is is fancy word for fight or flight, right? It's like I'm running from the bear. I'm going to save my life. I'm in danger. Your body very much feels like it's in danger. And then the parasympathetic is often referred to as rest and digest. So automatically, you know, like, okay, I've got two different nervous systems. One is trying to keep me alive. One is actually trying to give me rest and digest my food. They can't happen at the same time. Most of the time in our modern day world, I feel like we live in, in, in fight or flight. I got to go, 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 hit the ground running, work, kids, whatever you got going on. And so a real easy way to change our bodies from this place where it thinks it's in danger to this place of being safe is to take a few deep breaths. So I don't know if you've ever noticed if you're stressed, you probably, most people are breathing pretty shallow, right? So maybe that stress could be good, like exercise, but also it's probably can create some shallow breathing. And if we're trying to heal our relationship with food, we can stay present and take a couple of deep breaths before we eat. Those deep breaths in and out are a real simple way to kind of tell your body, hey, you're actually safe. It's actually okay for you to digest your food. It's actually, you're not in danger. You know, I think our bodies do this beautiful, beautiful job of taking care of us. And we can have these little tools to help us take care of our bodies too, by just a couple of deep breaths before we eat. Some of my clients that, that struggle even more, I'll ask them to say out loud before they eat, I am safe. I think a lot of times we eat from a place or try to nourish our bodies from a place of punishment or I'm going to get this done as fast as possible and move on to the next thing or I'm going to be really good and eat that good food and then I can eat the bad food later. And it just just letting all that go couple of deep breaths, telling ourselves we're safe if we need to say it out loud verbally, staying where our hands are. All of those things begin our healing with food. It's not eat five vegetables a day. All that comes, right? But internally, we have to we have to come to a place where we can kind of calm ourselves down. We can kind of start to trust and listen to our body. We can stay present. That would be my first kind of way where people can really start to yeah. heal. That honestly doesn't sound as overwhelming for yeah. me as when I think about this big, huge task. Like that seems simple enough, right? Okay, I can do that and could really affect a big change. I really like that. Yeah. All right. So I warned you it was coming. I, I think we dive just a little bit deeper. What is your own food story? Like what's the, you know, you're really passionate about this, which, you know, I suspected, and I think I'm right. That means you have your own, you have your own story that you bring to this. Yes, I do. I think my kind of food journey began in a real distinct moment. Um, I had another incredible mentor in my life who passed away and I went to the closet. I was a young maybe late 20s, early 30s, I went to the closet and I grabbed the little black dress. You know, I think we all have that, you know, the occasion, it's going to suit us for all events. And I remember putting it on and it was tight and I kind of had to shimmy, 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 zip, zip, zip. And I, that, that had never quite happened to me where I felt very, very uncomfortable. 
and a clothing item. I remember sitting in the funeral, not thinking about this beautiful woman that had passed away in her life. It was began total obsession of, I will never feel this way again. I will never not be able to zip up my dress again. And it was the very next day that I joined uh, just a little gym. It was down the street. Um, it had childcare for my small children. And I became quite obsessive with exercising. And I want to let everybody know that obsession was not from a healthy place at all. It was from a place of I'm going to punish myself. I have done something wrong and bad, and I will correct it. It, it was it was a determination. I think most of us can relate to that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I I wanted immediate results. At the time I was married, I remember asking my husband, like, nobody's even noticing I'm working out. (laughs) So again, it wasn't even for my own health. It was, it was, there's some ego mixed in there and, and that's understandable. But I remember that frustration. And I remember almost about a year after this vigorous working out, working out, working out, people began to say, are you losing weight? Are you working out? Well, then what did that do? That kind of fed the monster in me. And instead of me taking in like, heck, yeah, I've done some good hard work. It was like, I'm going to do even more. Or I, I I was in such a place of scarcity that if the compliment was not even taken as a compliment, it was taken as you better do more or that's going to go away. Then really start to restrict some of my eating. I remember I would eat very little at meals and things like that. And a couple of people who loved me. And during that time, pulled me aside and said, hey, you're looking really thin. And I remember I said, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. You know, it was very defensive. I would say things like I'm small boned or I don't know. I would make up something that would get them to leave me alone because deep in my heart, I knew it was much more controlling me than I was being, quote unquote, healthy. Fast forward to then getting into CrossFit and having a lot of fun with that. I began to get even more obsessive with my food. And what I mean by that is I began to weigh and measure my food. And so like everything I ate was put on a scale. Everything was logged. Everything was very scientific. And again, If a client wants to do that with me, I never start there. And if they want to go there, I go there very, very rarely with the client. And and I go there very cautiously and continually checking in on their motives. Because my motives were literally, I was holding on so tight to eating right and weighing and and measuring that, that I would have been the person, I think I mentioned this to you, I would have been the person who would have taken a scale into a restaurant and measured my food before it even came to my plate. And it became so obsessive that I began to judge who I was by the end of the day, by if I met those certain criteria. You know, I was good. Jenny was really good because she got all her macronutrients in today. Or you were not so good. You were bad. You better be way better tomorrow. And it became this barometer of who I was and was not. And it steals joy. I mean, it steals your joy of living this wild, precious life. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and what I want to reiterate there is I think if you looked into my life, I looked really healthy. Sure. But 
inwardly, I was, yeah. yes, inwardly, I was just crumbling, you know, under my own weight of perfectionism and trying to be perfect and just making everything match up and be okay. Where I still work today, the head coach pulled me aside one day and said, Hey, I want to talk to you. And I was like, Oh, she's going to, you know, give me some coaching tips or tell me I, how to work out better. Yeah. And, and again, these are those moments. I'll never forget it. The time, the place, the day. And she's like, I think you might have some disordered eating. And I was like, what? You know, it was like, I, there's so moments, that shocked you. Oh yeah. Or did it feel like truth? No, it shocked me. But I think the okay. reason it shocked me because underneath I knew she was probably right, but yet I didn't want to believe it. I felt like she pushed me off a cliff and I was just falling with no parachute, nothing. I was just yeah. like, you've got to be kidding me. Because at the same time, what's so ironic, at the same time she's telling me this, I had just begun my certification classes to become a nutrition coach. Now I look back at the beauty of that timing, but in my head, I was like, you're telling me this and I'm trying to learn how to teach people to be healthy. And so I just burst into tears. In fact, I cried and cried hysterically. And uh, she asked me at that time, she said, would you please stop weighing and measuring your food? And again, it felt like someone pulled the rug out from under me because essentially she say, that probably felt scary. Very. Right. Yeah. Very. It's like she was asking me to change my life in a really drastic way. And also that weighing and measuring your food felt very controllable. You know, I was in, I was very oh, yeah. much in oh, control. Yes. So to not weigh and measure my food was asking me to kind of feel out of control and begin to trust my body. And began to see, would I still be okay? I was thinking visually, I had such a grip, like my grip was so tight. I was probably clawing my fingernails into my palms, <laughs> bringing blood to my hands. And when she asked me to do that, I know she was asking me to loosen my grip, to loosen my grip. And I did, you know, thank goodness I did. I was so scared. And what, what's beautiful. And fun is that nothing really changed about my body or my performance in my classes or anything. And I saw this new freedom and a new like letting my shoulders down. And the and what's so cool is the certification that I have teaches the very same way, like to eat in a very gentle way, using not weighing and measuring your food, but using some basic guidelines for having proteins and carbohydrates and things like that, but very much approaching a healthy lifestyle with grace, with small baby steps. They just get dripped in one drip at a time. It even lit the fire under me even more to be able to teach that to other people that having healthy, a healthy way of eating and a healthy way of taking your care of yourself doesn't have to be obsessive and it doesn't have to be punishing. It can be like very empowering. I think when she asked me to do that, what she was asking me to do was to be feel empowered, right? Because I was giving all my power away to obsessive weighing and measuring foods. Yeah. I love the beauty of that story of your heart 
you being there has turned into just this beautiful way to help people around you to find that gentle way to heal their relationship with food. That's really powerful. I love that about your story. Yeah. Okay. We'll do this just real quick. What lights you up about helping people heal their relationship about with food? It's actually not about food per se, but what lights me up, like the best thing that I get is when my clients or anyone I've talked to has told me that taking care of themselves with how they nourish their body has spread out into how they take care of themselves in other ways. An example, one of my clients last week was like, hey, I decided to take uh, Instagram off my phone. I knew it was like taking too much of my time. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's incredible. Because what we done, yeah, I think what we had learned in our time together is he was learning how to pay attention to himself, pay attention to his needs, right? Listening to his body. And he intrinsically knew that Instagram was just not right for him now. Another thing I get so excited is a client I have was like, hey, I kept my doctor's appointment and I wouldn't have if I'd known we weren't going to talk about it, right? It's not about accountability. Yeah, it's not about food, but it is about food because it's it's choosing to take care of ourselves. One of my clients was like, "I, I went in the grocery store and I felt confident. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so awesome because... It's like we we have all of these beautiful things in us and we just have the the opportunity to let them open up and and I can help you with some tools to get there but you're you're there it's just seeing it unfold that's what lights me up and of course food and learning the basics of food but even more than that just people learning how to take care of themselves yeah i mean and i just what i loved about our conversation today was it feels way more gentle to me now. Mm, it doesn't yeah. feel as much, I don't know. I'm, I'm very much a let's hit it, let's go, let's make it happen. And that can be hard and exhausting and overwhelming. And, and it doesn't, I love your approach that it doesn't, it can be gentle. It can yes. be a gentle approach and you can get results. You yes. can make this happen. Mm-hmm. And I just think those gentle results are the results that last. Yes. So, you know, the hit it hard. And yeah, I love that too. But eventually there's, there's not a lot of substance to that. It's like immediate gratification. And I think when we have those gentle changes, those are the ones that really stay with us. Yeah. All right. Let's close it out. You ready? Okay. Yes. All right. What is your favorite go-to healthy snack? Okay. So it sounds funny. Scrambled eggs. Okay. No one has <laughs> ever answered that. What is your favorite go-to unhealthy snack? Chips, like chips and queso. Chips, okay, yeah. I mean, I have no control over that, yeah. What (laughs) is your favorite lift or exercise? Okay, it's a clean, and I know that sounds funny. It's a lift, and it's clean with a barbell, and it just makes me feel real strong. I like that. Okay. What is your favorite book? You know, I was debating about this, and I'm going to say my favorite author. Um, her name is Maeve, M-A-V-M-A-U-V-E, Benchy, B-I-N-C-H-Y. And she's an Irish novelist, and she writes books about small-town people in Ireland. And it's just, they are so beautiful because it just shows all of our connectedness. I have to look that up. What is your go-to self-care or recovery? Self-care for sure is, I'm going to say, getting out in nature and I have to preface that I'm not like go out and camp, 
To me, getting out in nature is honestly walking amongst some trees, even in my neighborhood. You know, it does. I used to think nature had to be big and expansive, and it can be really simple. It can be hanging out on my patio with all my plants, something where I am outside connected to the outside world. What's your favorite quote? My favorite quote. Okay, I have it. It's from a guy named Joseph Campbell. It says, we must be willing to let go of the life we planned so as to have the life that is waiting for us. Mm, One wild, precious life. Love that. All right. One word to describe your life today. I'm going to say expansive. Ah. Perfect. Jenny, thank you so much for being on the Picking Strawberries podcast today. This really resonated with me and I appreciate your vulnerability and your openness and just your passion for what you do. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Jenny, for coming on the show, for being vulnerable, and for sharing your insights. I feel better. I feel like this healing that needs to happen in my own journey with food is possible, and it doesn't have to be the the punishing, the controlling, the hard route that I always seem to think I need to take with it. If you know someone who would also benefit from this conversation, maybe they have their own food journey struggle, I encourage you to share it with them. Share our community of beautiful people sharing their beautiful lives. When we shine brighter, we allow everyone else to shine around us. 